I was on my face in, in the office, not because I tripped, but because I chose to intercede for this service. And um, I am standing in front of real heroes, heroes of, of the kingdom of God, you, gifted and anointed of the Holy Spirit. Let me just share some things with you before I get into the word of what the Holy Spirit was showing me this morning. It's a tendency of the believer, all of us, is to really get excited about the things, the breakthroughs that God is doing. But the tendency is after a short season, begin to look at what's manifested in the physical to determine how we are doing. And let me just share with you that as you well know, that the prophetic word of the decade of harvest and the decade of breakthrough is already three years along. We are in 2023. And God has broken through. God is placing. God is how he does it, how scripture shows us a breakthrough is that he goes in and he He shaves off some of the rough edges in areas of our life. He causes things to manifest that we don't think it's God, but it's God, and we're to determine and make decisions of change, of thinking differently, like we talked about last week. And so I want you to recognize that God is not a respecter of persons, He honors his word. And because you are word people, you are heroes of the faith, as Hebrew 11 shares with us about heroes of faith. You have experienced things that you have not recognized a great breakthrough that God has provided. And what God is saying to us today is we need to begin to experience in our thinking and in our spirit that we must recognize more of what we are. We must begin to see more than what we're seeing. Remember last week, the message. We need to see, and we're going to talk more about that today, with the life of a woman uh, whose name was Rahab. And I want you to turn to Joshua chapter 2, and we're going to begin in Joshua chapter 2, and then if you want to, You can put a piece of paper or a marker or click Matthew chapter 1. We're going to conclude with a passage in Matthew. Today we want to bring to you another understanding of our real heroes. We've been talking about real heroes in the series and we're beginning again and we'll conclude in a couple weeks. A hero is an ordinary person that does extraordinary things. He or she is a person that helps us believe. We are to understand that real heroes help us believe in something more for our own lives. I have heroes in my life, in my family, in my life, friends that have really shown me more of the things of the kingdom of God than I have experienced in my own life. And because of their life, I am a better person. I I know God's ways in a better way. And that's who we are as the church. And begin to recognizing the importance of the person sitting next to you that's across the aisle from you, that's up in the balcony. I want to read from Colossians chapter 1. I know I told you to turn to Joshua, but I'm reading out of the Message Bible. And it says, God rescued us from dead-end alleys and dark dungeons. He set us up in the kingdom of the Son He loves so much. The Son who got us out of the pit we were in. He got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep repeating. So let's look at Rahab, who shows us the power of the cross and the resurrection, who's going to show us 
the power of salvation and what it really is. Folks, we need to begin in a greater way, and we have, but we need to, in a greater way, understand the power of our salvation. Remember, the difference between a biblical hero and a worldly hero is this. A worldly hero is someone we typically look at and we admire from a distance. We don't really personally know them. We don't personally know what it took for them to get to the place of our admiration. But biblical heroes, the Bible tells us, are those, and and the friends that we have that are heroes in our life, are those that we experience and they become great examples of how we can live. I can't hit, you know, long home runs like some professional baseball players, but I admire their ability in baseball. But see, I can do what you do because you have exemplified that to me. And you become a hero and I become a better father, a better uh, papa, a better husband, a better friend because you show me what that's all about because you have had great breakthrough, things that have gone in your life and sometimes I know what that is, sometimes I don't. But there's a nearness of when we are a church and we gather together that we can understand, wow, I want to be just like you. I say this sometimes to uh, some folks. I say, I want to grow up and be just like you because who they are, they're a hero in the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 11 tells us about this. It says, now all, the, all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Again, their lives and what happens is for our example. Our lives and what happens in our lives is for our example. That's why I honor you. That's why I can sit with people and hear their heart and experience great admiration for them because God is speaking in and working through them. That's you. So let's look at Rahab and see the power of Christ's resurrection. So in my humble opinion, yet accurate opinion, Christ's resurrection is amazing. In my accurate opinion, Rahab is the best example we could ever read about about the power of transformation and salvation in our lives, of what God did in this woman from her past experiences and transformed her life. And so we're going to learn some points from her, and then we're going to see in those points some, some very peculiar things that, that she began to walk in in her life. And I, I pray that, and I've been praying that I really would absolutely explain to you so that you would have today, here's the term again, a breakthrough in that area you're struggling in. I was standing there in the front and and I didn't stop worshiping, but I stopped singing. And the Holy Spirit began to show, watch this, a weeping and the weeping of struggle, and of just kind of like a storybook of all of our experiences. Some of you have come in here, and you've had great tragedy, and you've had great difficulty in your life. And even today, you are facing some things, and, and your mind and, and your emotions are at times overwhelming you because of these things. And, and I pray that today, in a very teaching or teachable way, that I'm going to be able to give you some real specific things that today there will be such a change in your thinking that those things of the past no longer will lead your emotions of today. That the emotions of today will be led by this hero called Rahab, 
Of course, because of the work of the greatest hero, and that's Jesus Christ. And we need to understand that, that today is that day of breakthrough. So let's start in Joshua 2, and I'm going to give you a little background to help you understand. The new generation of Israel is about to go into the promised land. And you remember the story, the elder generation, there were only two that remained, and that was Joshua and Caleb. And so they go in, and the city they will conquer first is Jericho. And in Joshua 2.1, it says, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, he had a dad, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. So today we will find there are three main things that I want you to get by Rahab. And let me just give you the first one, and then I'm going to have some fun with you in a little bit. But the first one is what Rahab brought. And so when we're talking about heroes, when we're talking about people that do great things in the kingdom of God, just like you and me, we need to understand these points and, and first of all, what Rahab really brought into this life that became a great example to us to live our own lives. So if you want to understand a hero, it's what they brought to the table. What did Rahab bring? Or what did Rahab overcome? Well, she brought two main things. And in this story, it shows us. The first, she brought sin. She brought sin to the table. Not a little sin, but remember, they called her the harlot. She brought a lot of sin. So um, that should encourage you because that's what you and I bring. When we first meet God, when we first become born again, you know what we brought? We brought sin. And so there's not one person in this house or ever lived and breathed on this earth that doesn't bring sin to God. And so the tendency is heroes are great, spiritual, wonderful people, and they are, you are. And we grow in that, and we become very spiritual and powerful in the kingdom of God. But we need to understand, in the beginning of our walk with God and breakthrough with God and salvation and the power of the resurrection, we bring our sin. So Rahab started her walk with God. She brought sin. So let this day bring true salvation to all of you. Let this day be true salvation, that you understand it's not about how great you were before you met God, not about the things that you've accomplished, or really, as we're going to learn, not about your works. It's really about you brought yourself what you had to God. And let me say this to you. If you've never been saved, you're watching online, you've never been saved, we can fix that. We introduce, introduce you to Jesus Christ, that you believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sin and rose from the dead, and then you confess with your mouth that, the Bible says you will be saved. And then you start the journey we all have. You just brought your sin to God, and now you begin to grow. Amen? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so we forget the word harlot, in the Bible, means a harlot. Historians say Jericho was so full of disease, if it had not been destroyed, that the disease of Jericho would have been transferred on the new generation in Israel. In this decade of breakthrough, we broke into it with great disease being brought on all mankind. 
COVID. And what God is doing is cleaning the slate. I didn't say COVID's going to be gotten rid of. So don't misunderstand what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in the spiritual realm, when we begin to understand the power of our salvation, and then we begin to understand that there, there's no one was good enough for this salvation. We brought our sin to Jesus Christ, who shed his blood for our sins, so we could walk in that power. Hmm. You know, regarding the harlot, this is the way I think, and let's have some fun with this. Every time she was described in the Bible, it states Rahab the harlot. Don't you think a couple months after she received the Lord that she might have said, um, can we just drop that name harlot? But I want to tell you, we're all going to go to heaven and meet others. And uh, yeah, we're going to meet, oh, you're Rahab the harlot. Or you're Larry the liar. Or you're Sam the psychopath. Amen. We've all had our stuff. Amen? We've all had our stuff. And, and so, you know, I, I hear just times through the years, is, well, you know, I could never do that because, you know, the way I used to be and the way I am and all. Wait a minute. Are you demeaning the power of the blood of Jesus to cleanse you from all sin and to bring you into a place that he's called you to? So my point is, she was in sin. And if God can make her a hero, then he can do the same thing with you. You can have breakthrough in areas of your life, and you can actually be that person that helps others be transformed into the kingdom of God. So on our first point, here's the, the second thing she brought. But I want to read Joshua uh, verse two, chapter 2, verse 2. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you. You have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Verse 3. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Then the women took the two men and hid them. So she said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened at the gate was being shut when it was dark that the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan to the fords. And as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the, the roof. Now watch the statements. And said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us. And all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard, notice the word heard, how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God. Notice that. He didn't say he is your God. He said he is God, saying he's my God too, in heaven above and on the earth beneath. So what was the second thing? Rahab brought faith. She brought sin, but then she brought faith, faith in God. She said, I heard who God is, I heard what God does, and I believe in him. Faith comes from hearing, not sight. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word 
of who God is. It doesn't come by, watch this, by what you've experienced only. It has to come through what you heard and then you choose to believe. So where there is faith, sin can be dealt with. Some of you have come in and you know that, you know, I'm excited. I went to the women's event and I'm going to go to the prayer. I'm going to go to breakthrough weekend. I'm going to do all these things because I'm excited about Jesus, but I'm still struggling in areas of my life. And I want to tell you, faith will take you through and past and into victory in every area of your life if you will experience our hero, Rahab, and what she did. So she had a belief in God. My question to you is, have you disbelieved in areas of your life because you made a judgment by the the wrong things that have happened in your life? Have you pushed God aside in some areas of your life because you haven't been able to control it? You haven't been able to have victory in this. See, breakthrough is a person that understands that you came to the Lord in sin. But Jesus Christ's blood was that perfect blood that cleansed you from all unrighteousness. And even though you have a past that taught your emotions how to live your life, we must recognize is the power of salvation can bring you into a place of victory if you would believe who God is, not what you're experiencing. You got to grab hold of that because you can lose what I just said. So very important, her faith is what delivered her, not what she did. Let me show you Hebrews 11, verse 30 and 31. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, here it is again, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. In faith, she worked. Okay, keep that thought in your head. I'm getting to this this finale of, of what I'm trying to bring you with Rahab. So the only thing that qualifies Rahab as a shero is the one thing that qualifies every one of God's heroes, and that's faith. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Faith then works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So even all those works we walk in, if we walk in faith, we'll hear God and we'll do the works that God calls us to do and we will become heroes in God's kingdom. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So she was a hero because of faith. And in that faith, she did mighty works. She did the works because of her faith. And if you lack faith, watch this, you will lack the works of God. I didn't say that you won't work. But you will lack, if you don't have faith in God, you will lack the works of God. Because there are things that I did before God, I did a lot of good stuff. But they weren't the works of God. Now that I'm a believer and I walk in faith, the works that I do are the works of God. And those works are what God blesses and multiplies and brings breakthrough in every one of our lives. Wow. Let's go on with that. So works can't save you. Faith does. 
Heroic works are a result of faith. What did Jesus say about works? And he's with the disciples in John 6, 28 and 29. He says, then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. Do you see the the result there? Faith brings mighty works. And if you don't have faith, you've had faith to become born again, but if your faith doesn't grow, then your works won't be works of God. And then we wonder why people say, but God, I've done all these things. But we didn't do the works of God because we didn't do it in faith. Okay, let's go on. Let's learn. Abraham is talked about in Genesis 15, 6. And it says, and he believed in the Lord and he was accounted it to him. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. Romans 4, James 2, James 3, all of this say the same thing. Abraham simply believes and God accounted it for righteousness. If you have sin, it will not keep you from God. See, there's a lot of teaching out there that, you know, because we, we feel good when we tell other people they're less than us. Isn't that true? You got a lot of people that do that in the world. You know, they're, they're spiritual giants and someone's not as spiritual and they walk around like some, key, you know, kingpin. You know, just like, come to me and I will show you great and mighty things. No, no. See, we have to get to a, li- a lifestyle that says, watch this, I just believe God. And this is what God says, so let's just do it. And when you do that, there's an expectancy, there's a faith expectancy, but you're just walking in it and you're doing it. Why? Because you're a faith person. You don't do it because you've had manifestation of miracles. You don't do it because you've had manifestations of breakthrough. You do it because you believe it. And when you face struggle or spiritual attacks in the midst of you doing it, you don't change. Why? Because you believe God anyways. God said it. I believe it. I'm going to continue. No matter what tribulation I'm facing, no matter what's going on in my life or what I did in my past and what's happened in the past and what I'm paying for now in this world because of my past, you need to understand that if you believe God, he will bring breakthrough in that area. No matter how long it takes. That's what I'm trying to tell you here in this first point. So if you have sin, it will not keep you from God. It will be your unbelief that keeps you from God. Here's the second thing about Rahab. It's what Rahab sought. What did Rahab seek? Here's the question. Or what did she see? Remember last week? What did she see? And Joshua 2 verse 12 says, Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. And spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. Notice with Rahab, now we're seeing her choice of faith, and because of her godly works from faith, that these great things happened in her life, but she knew, because she knew God and believed in God, that it was for her family too. And some of us are struggling because we see in our families that they're falling apart. We're seeing our, our friends, we're seeing in our ministry, whatever it is, that people are falling apart. The main thing she sought was the favor of the Lord. And we're going to see how that happened. So the rest of Jericho sought fortification. See, Rahab said, we're fearful of God. We're fearful because we, we heard what he's done, all right? 
So Jericho sought fortification. That's why they built the walls the way they did, because of the fear of the acts of God. She was asking for the impossible, seeking the one who could save her. Let me just say this before we go on. The God that you and I serve, it's possible for anything you need. Nothing's impossible for him. She was asking again for the impossible, so she sought him. Now, Rahab is living this in real time. When this is written, it's written about the story, but the story is actually in real time where you're in real time too. You're in your mess, but God's miracle is gonna break through because you're the one is, that, is believing God and you're the one that is standing strong and the acts that you do, the works that you do is because of your faith, not because you're afraid that God's gonna do something or not do something. So what I'm asking you to do in your season today, seek the favor of the Lord. Don't fortify your position. When the enemy is attacking, don't fortify your position. Seek the favor of the Lord. The Lord is stronger than the enemy. The Lord is bigger than your problem. I believe Rahab knew what God instructed Moses to do. Remember, he instructed Moses and uh, to utterly destroy them. Everyone that was across that border to utterly destroy them. Deuteronomy 20.16 says, don't let anything that breathes remain alive. That was God's mandate. That's spiritual war. Folks, don't give up in your spiritual war, but don't allow works to get in front of your faith. She knew what was commanded, but sought favor anyways. She knew that she was doomed with her people. Salvation is, God, I'll receive you, and in turn, you favor me and spare me or save me. And that's exactly what God did. How many of you are born again? God has favored you. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside you, the Holy Spirit. And you can do this thing. You can overcome. We can overcome. Rahab sought favor against impossible circumstances. There is nothing impossible for God. Now, hear what the devil accurately does. He compares with you what you have done in comparison to who God is. But he leaves out something. In other words, he, he brings you into this mentality in your tribulation. Uh, and I know a lot of you can say, you know what, Pastor? Yeah, I thought that way too. Is he brings you and says, listen, you've really screwed up. You've really messed up. Remember our mess. And he said, do you think God would even change that because of the decisions and the things you've done? Let me tell you, uh-huh. Because you know what the devil leaves out? He leaves, he leaves out in between when Jesus Christ came to this earth, shed his blood for your sin, and he rose again on the third day in victory. Why? So that your sins and your past will be forgiven and your future is settled. That's what the enemy, I want to tell you, that's what you go through. And that's why emotionally and all these things, the, the worry, the, the struggle that you face. And I'm just saying to you, let's just break through. Amen? How many of you are with me? Let's break through. Let's do it. Your sin is not something that the blood of Jesus cannot overcome. So just simply seek the favor of God. Now the third thing is where Rahab gets to me her Shiro status. What Rahab got. 
And what Rahab got, you can get too. But it's taking a person who believes what I just taught you to begin to live this way in the midst of your tribulation. Well, what Rahab got, what Rahab got is what she brought a sin, what she sought was favor. Now what she got is three things that I'm going to finish and conclude with you on this. And so <laughs> if you haven't heard anything yet, please hear what I'm about to tell you. Here's the first thing. In Joshua 2.14, it says again, so the men answered her, our lives for yours. If none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us a land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Remember what she asked? She asked for favor for herself, her family, and those that lived in her home. So she got a promise from God's representative, in essence, from God. We talked about this faith. God wanted her to have a promise, and it's the same way God has given you promises today, the Word of God. Begin to grab a promise that God has given you in the Word of God. This is so simple, but we forget it because life can be challenging. Life can be hard. And so here are some of the reasons for the promise from God. You can listen to this again. I'm going to give you some reasons. The first is a promise is the basis for building your faith. The word is the basis for building your faith. A promise leads you into the right direction. Scripture tells us in Proverbs that if you seek him, he will show you great things. God's promise demonstrates to us God's faithfulness. See, his promises that he gave to Abraham, his promises that he gave to Rahab, his promises that he gave to Moses, his promises that he gave to Joshua, his promises, the word of God, he gave it to them, and it demonstrates God's faithfulness because every one of our heroes in the Bible that we try to live by that example received a promise. And God was faithful. And here's the fourth. It will encourage us in difficult times. There are times in life that I have faced major, major things from leading churches, supervisorial, all the different things that I, I have faced. And in myself, I thought, how in the world is this going to change? How can this situation change? And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit reminded me of a scripture. And he'd say, remember when I told you this in your prayer time? Yeah, I do. Remember the scripture I gave you? Sometimes, no, Lord, can you remind me? That's what the Holy Spirit will do. And he'll take me to a scripture. And sometimes it might take me an hour or two hours to really figure out what he's saying to me. But he reminds me of this thing and it encourages me. And it breaks my heart when I watch people become so discouraged in life. It breaks my heart when they begin to listen to the world's answers to the spiritual situations that you're facing. And, and I just want to encourage you as your pastor, don't make a move, don't make a decision until you get back to the promise. Rahab was going to face the most difficult week of her life. And the only thing she had was a promise. So let me read now uh, verses 15 through 20. We're going to show you the second one. Then I'm going to start putting these together. Then she led him down by the rope through the window, for her house was on the city wall. She dwelt on the wall. And she said to them, get to the mountain 
lest the pursuers meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterward, you may go your way. So the men said to her, we will be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord, which I could spend an hour on, but it's a significant, it's a significant symbol of the salvation of God. In the window through which you let us down, and unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household to your own home. Notice that. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on your head if a hand is laid on him. And if you tell this business of ours, then we will be free from your oath, which you made us swear. Notice verse 21. Then she said, according to your words, promise, so be it. She sent them away and they departed and she bound the scarlet cord in the window. So she got a promise. And the second thing, Rahab got a pledge. She received a physical manifestation of the promise, the scarlet cord. So here is the gospel. When I got a promise from God, he tied a scarlet cord in my heart, and now I belong to him. When you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, the Holy Spirit went into your spirit, and your spirit became brand new. That's salvation, brand new. And because of that, you now can live in victory in all cases because of the pledge. And, and what was this? The promise gave faith. You believe in the pledge that Jesus Christ said you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can live your life in any situation and know that God will come through. And we don't put a time limit on it. We say yay and amen. God, I know right now I'm going through Hades on earth. But I believe in you. I got a promise. And you've pledged to me. God is not a liar. What he said, he will always do. He'll transform your homes. He'll transform your business. He'll transform your finances. He'll transform everything. But remember, it's of faith, believing, and then of that faith, then you do the works of God. And God will lead you to do things in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of the great times. It doesn't change when everything gets good. It's the same principle with Rahab. That's why I think she's, she's probably the greatest example other than Jesus Christ. For me to live my life by knowing that I have a future and it's good. So the result when destruction comes to everybody else, what's waiting for me is the scarlet cord, the pledge for my life. People are going to die and go to hell because they choose unbelief. But one day, I will be with the Lord. No matter what has gone on in this world. Think of it. God placed his pledge on the very wall that was designed to keep them out. Let me explain that to you. She lived on the wall. The scarlet cord was tied on her home in the window, which was on the wall. That wall was built because of the fear of Jericho, of Israel, or God. Right in there, whatever wall that you've built whatever situation you, you've just emotionally just pushed God away in that area, our salvation is so powerful, it can break through into those hard times and you can have victory. So I want you to understand right now, folks, church family, 
that there is nothing that can stop you from being the hero that God's called you to be. So she got a pledge. God took his pledge, it was Jesus, and placed him in the barrier of sin designed to keep man from God. And God from man and destroyed that barrier through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Again, that's Jesus. That's Easter. So Rahab got the promise. Rahab got the pledge. And now let's read Joshua 6, verse 3, to see the third thing that Rahab got. You shall march around the city, all you men of the war. You shall go around the city once, then you, will, you shall do six days. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with a ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Notice her house is on the wall that's going to go flat. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. Notice verse 15. But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day, only they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened when the priests blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, it and all who are in it. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all who are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. Now, let me just give you a little caveat. It's not in my notes. The Holy Spirit's wanting me to share this with you. Do you know the number six is a number for grace in the Bible? They marched around six times. Why did they do that for those six days? Grace. Because any else in that, anyone else in that city could have done the same thing that Rahab did. So when we talk about victory in Jesus and all that, you know, God's just going to just tear up everybody you know, because they don't believe in him. No, God is always continually wanting people who are in unbelief to believe in him. And number seven is the number of righteousness. The third thing that Rahab got, Rahab got a specific pardon. The pardon is I'm going to spare every single person who is living under the pledge, Jesus Christ. Now, if you have a promise and you bear the pledge, did you know you will get a pardon? Let me just say this to all of you, and I'm going to pause here for a second. I want you to recognize this. If you've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, you have been pardoned. You get it by faith. You believe in it. Stop disbelieving what God did for you. You can do this. You can win this battle. Things can change in that situation. The reason why is not because you just do all these great works and you just transform everything yourself. No, because... You believe in God, you have that promise, you have that pledge, and you also believe that there's nothing the enemy can do to de defeat what you're planning on doing with God. You can be that hero in the kingdom. You can have victory in that situation. You can bring your neighbor to salvation. Why? Because you plant the seed. You do the same thing. They'll go through the same thing that you went through. It's not the great works that you can do and how much time you spend with them. It's that you spend the time that God asked you to spend with them. 
It's the words that you say. You are led by God. Why? Because you believe in God. You are a believer. Doesn't matter what the circumstance looks like either. I've talked to two of you today, and I won't bring your names up, but you were talking about situations in your life. And I said the same thing to you. Church family, you can have victory in this. She was looking out her window in her house on the wall for a whole week. Can you imagine that? How many of you have prayed and you see the same thing happening? And it's rough. And it brings emotions in you. God, when are you going to move? Well, she's standing there looking out the window and seeing the army walk around. Why? She's on the wall. She looks down. She sees them. And then the seven times. What's happening? It's getting worse. What the enemy will tell you. Some of you are sitting here and you're saying, my situation, pastor, you even prayed for me and my situation's getting worse. Do I really believe what you're teaching here? And I want to tell you, this is, this is spiritual battle. But you have to believe that God's going to do this. And there's nothing that you've done, that you've said in the past that can hinder it if you believe. She knew she was pardoned and knew how the game ended. I know how the game ends. So she had peace in the midst of what was going on. Now, let me just ask all you Dodger fans, how many of you this year would like to know the end score of every game of this year? Some of you, your personalities change on Dodgers season. Oh, they're, they're playing the Red Sox today. They're playing, oh, oh, oh. And this person's pitching, and, and I don't know, they're, they're having a bad day, you know, and they're having, you know. Wouldn't that be good? Don't worry about it. I know the end. Amen? See, the peace that will come to you when you understand Rahab It takes away the drama of life when you realize my sin has been taken care of. My past is forgiven. My present makes sense. I don't like the job I have. Hey, my my present makes sense. The job's tough, but I know God has me here. And my future is secure. Let me say it again. My sin has been taken care of. My past is forgiven. My present makes sense. And my future is secure. Because she got a promise, she got a pledge, and she got a pardon. Joshua 6.25, and Joshua spared Rahab, the, the harlot. Still got the harlot name. Her father's household and all that she had. So she dwells in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. And when we read that scripture, we're thinking it's because of what she did. She did what she did because she believed. She had faith. God didn't bring you out to leave you there. You have been created to be someone's hero and live in God's favor. How many of you are living in God's favor today? Amen, amen. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God's got you. And I'm not done yet, but I would like all of us to stand because I want to do a proclamation over you. If you wouldn't mind standing with me. I want you to look around and look at your brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I want you to be so excited about what God is doing in you. I want you to be so excited what God is doing in your brother and sister. I want you to look and I want you to experience that they're walking in the favor of the Lord. That they're 
very important in your life. And I want you to recognize that when you leave this place, it doesn't mean that you're separate, that you fellowship with one another, that you begin to move in this realm and you join together with other believers and you begin to share with each other. You begin to walk in the things that Rahab walked in. And you begin to invite your friends and your, your family members. And to all the guests that we have today, welcome. You are part of our family too. We're just a group of people that loves Jesus, that loves the Word of God, and we desire that you would succeed in everything that God's called you to. That we are just this type of church. Let me tell you how great your salvation is as well as Rahab's. Let me tell you how God can totally transform your life. Remember Rahab the harlot in Matthew 1 verse 5 is a genealogy of Christ. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse. Rahab married the captain, Salmon, of the army of Judah. Now, Judah means praise. (laughs) Oh, that's just circumstance. That's just, no. In other words, actually the meaning is turning mourning into praise. Some of you have lived a life of your past. You're born again today, but you're still mourning your past. Turn it to praise. Verse 16 of Matthew 1, And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who was called Christ. Did you know that Rahab was King David's great, great, great grandmother? The harlot. Can't believe that. Because I've been so good in my life. Right? She was a grandmother to Jesus. The bloodline. I think it's like to the 16th or whatever. Her bloodline She was in the bloodline of Jesus. That's what salvation does. Remember last week? The DNA of Christ is now living in you. There's hope. And that hope is not just I wish. That hope, it's a done deal. So in Jesus' name, I proclaim that the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit will just overwhelm your life. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, that can hinder you from becoming a hero in the kingdom of God. You have been born again. You have been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are a powerful person of God. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Today, sickness, disease, trouble, tribulation, spiritual attack, family attack, finances, whatever, that's trying to sway your thinking has no power over you. Walk in the favor of God and know who you are in Christ. Amen? Yeah, give the Lord an applause. Praise God. Praise God. I love y'all, and also I want to, just an addition to all that's going on, we talked about Breakthrough Weekend. Did you know the following, the 14th, is Mother's Day? We're going to celebrate our ladies. We're going to celebrate moms. And we've actually, we're going to have a backdrop of Mother's Day so you can take your iPhones and smartphones and iPads, whatever, and take pictures of all your family. And it's going to happy Mother. It's just going to be awesome. We're going to decorate it out there, and uh, you can be your own photographer. We're going to see just an amazing from today on. 
amazing breakthrough in every area. Our families are a miracle waiting to happen. Amen? God bless you. Have an amazing day.